0: Welcome to Growth Uncut, a podcast that interviews different people from around the world to share their views on personal growth. We feel passionately about connecting communities and raising awareness around social justice, humanity and relationships. And today we are joined by David Hayes, who was involved in our recent inspectorate project, which is all about electronic monitoring and the experiences of electronic monitoring for those um, that are part of probation. So David, tell us a little bit about your role within the project.
1: Hello. Um, Yes, I've been working as a consultant for Penal Reform Solutions and been involved with these um, projects we've been doing with the Inspectorates of Probation. So this last one we've been doing around electronic monitoring. Uh, So I've been leading it, putting the report together, collecting the data with the team, put the report together, ready to go
0: out. Fantastic. And I guess the point of this uh, podcast was that we just wanted to create really accessible version of the report. um, And you'll be able to find this on our website so that you can just um, have a quick summary really on what we found. So like David said, we are Penal Reform Solutions. So we've been operating for the last five years and uh, we're an organization that focuses on transforming kind of prison environments, prison cultures, as well as kind of creating opportunities where we can get people with lived experience involved in research and kind of transforming Uh, cultures um, in the community as well so we feel really passionately about our work and we had a fantastic team that worked alongside David in this, so that was Justine Best and Mark Borg, um, all of which had lived experience so I hope you enjoy the findings that we have, so David what were the aims of the report?
1: So the main aim of the report was to capture the experience of those subject to electronic monitoring. Um, so see how we can improve the experience, and see what you know supported these people, or hindered them, all in sort of the aid of
0: rehabilitation. Fantastic. And in terms of who you interviewed, who did you interview?
1: So altogether, we interviewed forty-two people. Um, that was across. So we interviewed people in, in Wales, Yorkshire, Thames Valley, London, Merseyside, and East Midlands. Um, and out of those people, we spoke to 32 men, um, eight people who d- identified as female, and two as other as well. Um, and 36 of the participants would say they were white British, one was white Irish, one described or said he was mixed multiple ethnic groups, one black African, and two black Caribbean, and one Asian Indian.
0: This was all part of the inspectorate of probation, wasn't it? So all of these. Um, all of these participants were part of the probation service, is that right?
1: Yes, yeah, that's correct. And I I think what we spoke to is 37 of these were on the curfew devices, seven were released on HDC from prison. Um, And in addition to that, there was three that had the new sobriety tags, which I believe it was the Welsh probation services that were trialling them as we were doing this project. And two also were uh, subject to exclusion zones as well.
0: Okay, lovely. So we had, from the sounds of it, a big range, and I'm interested to hear about your um, thoughts around the sobriety device, because that's um, relatively new, isn't it, in terms of um, it becoming a pilot in Wales?
1: Yeah, no, I found the sobriety tag was an interesting one, and it's a shame that we didn't get more people to talk about it. That was mainly due to the fact that not many people had been issued it, but what I found was um, some of the judges were actually quite unaware of the tag themselves, Um, but once they sort of found out a bit more information they saw it quite well but I was under the understand, understanding that people with alcohol or alcohol dependent shouldn't be subject to the sobriety tax however I spoke to one individual who was an alcoholic declared himself as an alcoholic been in and out of jail seven times when I spoke to him that year but he said the sobriety tag completely changed him changed his life stopped him from committing crime the judge saw it as a last resort thinking that you know prison's not doing anything let's put him on this tag he said he did struggle for the first short few months but he said he's clean now you know he's living a good life he's got himself accommodation looking for a job and that's the sort of stuff we want to we want to hear really
0: fantastic and um, from what i know about the report there are a number of themes that kind of came through from the findings what were those kind of key themes
1: the key theme themes we found was communication um, family, relationships, well-being,
0: shame, need and meaning. And we we sectioned off the report into four kind of key sections so we looked at pre-sentence, uh, at sentence, while on sentence and then post-sentence. So what were the kind of key findings from kind of pre-sentence would you say David?
1: Um, the key findings are the uh, for pre-sentence was I mean it was mainly most people found the whole experience of going to court quite daunting anyway and traumatizing so and a lot of people didn't really know the understanding of electronic monitoring so the ones that did know it it is only because they've seen it through friends and family um but I suppose it's sort of some people see it as a lifeline given the given a tag or electronic monitor um they see it as a lifeline and I think some people saw it as a wake-up call as well thinking that, yes, I'm going to go to prison, suddenly you've just been given a sort of lifeline that you're going to go home, but people were unaware, really. Most of the people we spoke to were unaware.
0: Why do you reckon they called it a lifeline, David?
1: Nobody wants to go to prison. Um, maybe, you know, there's, there's a lot of shame, stigma that comes with prison. You know, you have all your liberties taken away, your freedom. So this is, you can, you know, you get your tag, you can still go to work, you can still be with your family, and what we found, like having these two things in your life, were very meaningful for these people. It sort of gave them purpose, especially the family. I spoke to a lot of men who, you know, just couldn't who provided for their family, and they couldn't afford to be taken away from them.
0: And then, in terms of our sentencing, so what kind of experiences came came through in terms of the the data that you that you collected in terms of at sentencing?
1: A lot of the data that I found. Worth it, sentences was that well you know these people that were employed or self-employed um they that was sort of taken into consideration for them um which was good and there was only a few people that I spoke to There was one woman actually I spoke to whose medical condition wasn't taken into consideration so she had to have MRI scans I think it was like once a week if I remember correctly and the tag had to come off and every time the tag was cut off she would find herself back in court, but it was made aware of the court process that this shouldn't be the case. Um, and some some I suppose some crimes like that, they should be on other forms of punishment should be served, such as unpaid work, would have suited this one, you know, quite well. But from the majority of things, people that were employed on all this, this was taken into consideration, which was which is good.
0: Yeah. And then what about on license? So what were the you know, what were the kind of key themes that came from from the experience, I guess, of being on an electronic monitor?
1: Um, so I mean, you know, the themes, the first theme we mentioned was sort of meaning. Um, so a lot of these guys could continue continue doing their work, they can continue being with their family. Um, but I think as well with the pandemic, you know, a lot of these people were serving their tag whilst um during the pandemic and they found it quite um what's the word but they didn't find it was it was much point to the because they couldn't go anywhere and I do remember somebody saying actually that the external monitoring company would ring them up to see if they were right because they have noticed they haven't left the house but because it was locked down there was nowhere for anyone to go
0: yeah 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 so the meaning of the of the kind of electronic monitoring device changed I guess during the pandemic would you say
1: yeah yeah definitely and I think, I mean, then again, like, but unpaid work probably wouldn't have been able to happen as well in those situations. But, you know, it's still, I know it might come across as quite meaningless being on TAG. I think it's still a better option than prison, I would say.
0: Yeah, yeah. What else came from um, from the voices of those that had experienced electronic monitoring devices?
1: So, so it was, there was concerns around the um, electronic monitoring service, the guys actually monitor it. Um, a lot of these people was, were expressing their frustrations. Um, They were unable to get hold of sort of a customer service if there was a problem with the device. Um, So there was no sort of direct hotline as such. But one of the main problems was with the sobriety tags. Every half hour, they used to vibrate. um, And this gave a lot of people sort of sleepless nights. um, And it used to affect all sorts of even going out into public. And when this concern was raised with... the the company they weren't aware that this was the case they weren't aware this happened and I know there's also problems around um, having to charge up some of these devices as well as well but again trying to get hold of this company couldn't be done it was causing a lot of anxiety and worry for the participants that we spoke to
0: yeah anything else any other themes that came came forward
1: again it was just the you know certain obstacles to overcome again it's the electronic monitoring service that seemed to cause a lot of problems just trying to of this hurdle um and if you know people were running late just trying to make you know make this company aware that they were going to be late um but i found as well i know, mean, there was a lot of shame that came with these devices as well so for instance as i mentioned a minute ago these sobriety tags apparently they used to vibrate really loud and to the participants we spoke with would actually not go out into the public because they were ashamed of how these um these tags were, you know, would shake. I think as well, a lot of people just said they were, they would find themselves clock watching, clock watching in, in fear of breaching their tag. Um, and this one guy said this brought on a lot of stress due to the fear of, again, um, being with, with, recalled back into prison or being, you know, called back into court. And there was one, I remember speaking to a woman as well, and she was talking about the fact that in the summer, you know, at workplace, gentlemen always wear trousers where ladies don't and she always had to sort of cover up her tag she was ashamed I think she had a, a quite a well a good job um, and she was covering up this tag in in shame and I think you know well-being this is another thing that came up especially back to the well back to the sobriety tags this affected people's sleep um, and I suppose there was one individual we spoke to as well actually who was prescribed certain medication which made him sleep So EMS seemed to do these spot checks to ring these individuals at night um, and they wouldn't answer the phone because they were fast asleep. And again, you know, this comes back to probation. This leads them back into court. And this used to seem to to cause a lot of problems, you know, quite a few times. Um, And again, it's a lot of medical reasons, right? People need their tags cut off when they're having hospital appointments, made probation aware, EMS haven't been made aware. And then they're back in court again, trying to explain themselves why you know why they try to cut this off.
0: Mm. What well, about in terms of rehabilitation, David? So was there anything that kind of suggested that the electronic monitoring devices were supporting rehabilitation or hindering rehabilitation?
1: I think overall, uh, the tag you know, is, or well, electronic monitoring is a good thing. So the recurring positive that we had was pretty much every participant we spoke with mentioned how being on the device meant that they could stay with their families they could continue working they continue work um you know paying the rent on the house and it's just keeping all that all that together and you know from what we've seen it has been well it's, it's been a massive support on rehabilitation you know, it's not taking people away and put them into into prison which we as we know people do struggle when when it comes to rehabilitation
0: yeah were there anything else any other findings would you say david
1: I mean, they were the main things. Um, I think a lot of people just, even, I don't, speaking to a lot of people, I don't think they saw the benefits as such. I think more people were still sort of quite angry that, you know, they had to go through the court process and being on tag. But, you know, as overall, it, you know, it is a good form of punishment. It is better than the other punishments that are out there. And yeah, I, you know, it is everyone, so there is come back as a positive thing.
0: And in terms of kind of, you know, solutions, thoughts, recommendations, so things that we as a, as a group, so you, Justin and Mark kind of got together and talked about, you know, what things would you like to see or what were the kind of key learning points, what would you say they were?
1: Um, I think there should be more information, because there seems to be a lack of information, especially the court process, so more information to the families and the individuals, just regarding the types of um, Devices they're going to be on, what they're going to be fitted with, and I think, you know, especially with the judges and probation, I think there needs to be a clear understanding of the devices. So back to the whole, whole sobriety tag, I remember another individual saying that his probation officer wasn't aware of the device, the judge wasn't aware of the device, so I mean before we can start being sentenced, I think everybody needs to know, exactly. Or have a clear understanding, as we said. And as well, diversity needs to be taken into consideration. So back when it comes to the people with medical conditions, that hasn't been taken into consideration that we found. And that needs to be looked into as well. So, and then the, the sort of the vibration of the sobriety tags that's had a massive impact, impact on people's mental health. And the same with the this needs to be a different. Charging system, battery awareness system. I think it's for these devices, because like a, a traffic light system. I think I believe that's what we decided. So people know when they should be charging their device. Like on your mobile phone, you know how much battery you've got. It's either on these devices. It seems like you have battery or you don't have battery, and people sort of forget to remember to charge these as well. So even like a little friendly text message to remind them to charge charge them, you just you just these small little things as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I think as well, I mean, something that we're quite keen on is that impact of being outside, connecting with nature. And what we're aware of when you're on a curfew device, you can't step out into your garden um, after a certain time. So for instance, middle of summer, your curfew stops at 6 p.m. You know, your little kids are outside playing. You're not allowed to step outside into that garden. And I do understand that curfew uh, or tag is still a punishment. I think you still should be allowed a certain amount of area into your garden, even if you suppose you'd be smoke, just to get you out of the house a little bit, just to have that, you know, that breather. You still need it. But you're still restricted to your own household. You know, the garden is part of your house. It's not like you're going down to the pub. You're just stepping out into it. Yeah. Um, In terms of
0: the pandemic, you know, like looking at, looking at my life in terms of just being able to get out in the garden I think I imagine during the pandemic that must have been really difficult to be sat inside a house seeing your garden outside and that's the only kind of space you'd be able to get out you know pretty much twenty four seven, and not being able to step outside at certain times that must have been quite quite difficult.
1: Yeah definitely I think just overall you know uh, sort of the communication just needs to be improved as well especially as this electronic monitoring company yeah, but I mean, overall, this, you know, is, it has been positive, um, it is a good form of punishment, but I think there's still a few things that need to be tweaked to, to improve it, but I think the sobriety tag, that I, I seems to have some good effects, they need to alter a few things, but I think they should roll that out more across different probation services in the country.
0: Lovely, thank you David, and in terms of your learning, you know, whether that, and I guess including Justin and Mark in that, I know they can't be with us tonight, but in terms of, you know, what do you think you guys took away from the project in, in light of, um, you know, carrying out together and analysing the data and, and writing the report?
1: It was good. I mean, we all, we all have different styles and how we take it, take it, from it. But we also sort of came up with the same final thoughts, really, which is, you know, which is really good. And it's been good to sort of hear the people's voices as well, hear the frustrations, hear the positive, what everyone's gone through especially those that have been released from prison onto HDC, HT, because um, these guys, again, they've managed to sort of knock like four months off their sentence to come home and be with their family. But the only problem is they don't know about their HDC until the last few weeks. So they still cause that sort of stress. But it turns out that this does help people um, act Better in prison, you know, uh, be an upstanding model in the prison community, which is which is good, I suppose, to, to create those safer environments.
0: Yeah, brilliant. Thank you ever so much. And if you'd like to have a look at our report, um, have a look on our website www.penalreformsolutions.com. It's going to be under publications. And if you want to get in touch with the team, please email us on info at penalreformsolutions.com. And it's also on the um, Inspector of Probation uh, website, I believe, um, when the um, when it launches. So um, thanks so much, David. Thank you for your time. And thanks for going through the report. And um, I hope you found this interesting listeners. And uh, yeah, we will hopefully speak to you again soon. Thanks, David.
1: Thank you.